Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. I'm Sam and Sam says, and today I'm so excited to welcome back Dr. Sam Robinson, founder and president of Canary Telehealth, and Carla Robinson, CEO of Canary Telehealth, and I'm his trusted partner to talk about the work they're doing in the maternal health space. Dr. Robinson, Carla, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And I know you guys have been making just amazing strides in the maternal health space. And I just, as you guys are a return guest, I want to just like dive right in. Can you sort of start by telling me the work you've been doing with remote monitoring and prenatal televisits and sort of what brought you to take on this work? What's interesting is that on one hand, remote monitoring and televisits are two distinct activities. But in the spirit of person-centered care, they work together quite nicely to support the overall goal of successful delivery and first year of life. Um, And both arise out of services that we've been providing for years with people with chronic conditions. So I'll start with remote monitoring. We've been monitoring conditions such as hypertension and diabetes since 2014. And we've had some truly strong outcomes on these programs. Um, We've always had our eye on doing this for monitoring pregnant women. It just comes up from time to time as we talk to the plans um, and our provider partners as well. So we've consulted with providers in the space, have the prenatal care pathways in our systems. We've honed in on the technology, et cetera. There just never seemed to be the opportune moment. But fast forward to today, right, with the heightened focus on maternal health. And it was really just quite natural for our traditional customers to ask that we broaden our population to include women who are pregnant and postpartum. So the way it works, right, is patients are provided the appropriate measurement devices, namely blood pressure monitor, glucometer, and perhaps a fetal heart rate monitor in this case. They take their readings, they answer questions regularly. All of that response data is monitored by a nurse who looks for readings or symptoms outside of the parameters. On a day when everything is normal, the patient will still get some education. And being a mom myself, (laughs) there's tons of things you wanted to know and wish you would know. So even if their readings are normal, they'll still get some education, a health tip or a reminder. Um, If we detect something, though, that's out of bounds, the nurse provides clinical triage, care advice, and importantly, the care coordination to get them into care in a timely fashion. One thing that really strikes me just as importantly as the readings data, the symptoms data, sometimes the issue is case management related. So we're able to provide referrals as it pertains to social determinants of health. So we're super excited about that um, opportunity as well. Um, But in all these cases, the monitoring allows us to detect the issues early and provide the appropriate intervention when we're concerned about things like preeclampsia and gestational diabetes. Now, that's helpful for day-to-day monitoring, particularly when there's some risk associated. Contrast this with televisits, which are episodic and follow a standard prenatal care schedule. Sam, think about all the convenience of televisits. You remove important barriers such as childcare and transportation. Instead, you make it super easy for patients to receive care. The challenge, though, for a prenatal appointment is that you need data to have an effective visit. Urine dipsticks, BP, blood pressure, weight, maybe even fetal heartbeat. 
At Canary, we have a field team we've been managing for years to get aspects of the visit that simply cannot be done remotely. And today, such as lab specimens, we have the operational expertise to schedule, deploy, and manage a team. Because Sam, as you know, our approach is that it's not about the technology, but it's about the solution that is needed to close the care gap. The technology is a key enabler, but we fill in the portion that's still needed in person by going into the home. So now imagine the provider can have the visit remotely, but with the primary data in hand that they need to make care decisions. So now you put those two together, monitoring and visits, you have a regularly scheduled prenatal or postpartum visit, and we're warranted according to the risk, you have daily monitoring in between those visits. That is amazing. And I'm thinking, as Carla said, such a perfect time to really roll it out. So first and foremost, such a renewed focus on maternal health. I mean, you know, discussions around access and equity um, have all, you know, have really heated up. But then you layer on that the pandemic and the access and the reemergence of telehealth sort of into focus to be discussed. Like I think people always knew like telehealth was available for certain things and sort of knew a little bit about it. And same with patient monitoring, um, remote patient monitoring, but never in the, like the pandemic just really brought it into focus. And one area that I remember, especially early on, people kept talking about, it was like, well, what about prenatal visits? And the issue was always, well, with prenatal visits, you need certain things for the doctor to be able to a bill a prenatal visit because it's not a prenatal visit without the urine analysis, which is critical to te- to detect um, sugar levels and mm-hmm. to look for preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. However, you know who has that at their home, right? Like, so how right, do you right. close that gap? <laughs> and that's where Dr. Robinson, I think you talked about that the need to close, you know, to, to use the technology as the solution and to sort of, it's not just the technology itself. It's like, how is that technology meeting the needs of our members? And then add on to that, Carla, how then we layer on care management and addressing social determinants of health, because what does it mean to a mom that she's now been diagnosed with gestational diabetes, but she's in a food desert? Or, you know, has, you know, there are some, there are other access issues. Um, Not, she's not going to be able to manage her gestational diabetes without assistance addressing those social determinants of health. And that's why I always love talking with you guys at Canary and love working with you because it's not like one piece. Like it's not just checking the box. Like, oh yeah, we have blood pressure monitoring cops that we can send to members like apps, like that's helpful. But that monitoring, that nurse support, the ability to then, you know, deploy people in the field and have a really comprehensive telehealth visit that the clinicians can feel comfortable with, like they can feel like the members getting the same level of care um, as they would in the, the office, but without sort of the rigmarole, if you will, of like getting to an office, like as a mom of two you know, like that's not easy. Um, it's, it's just, it's not. So you guys have removed so many barriers. Um, I I think you've, you've really met the moment and I I'm just so impressed with all that you have been able 
to do. And, and I think part of that, you know, is like the pandemic challenged us all and, you know, and especially in the healthcare space, but you guys really looked at opportunities um, as they, you know, presented themselves to you. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about those opportunities and, and how you're using those to improve maternal health outcomes? Yeah, absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, so 2020, saw, we saw the explosion of telehealth visits, the barriers that were there. We saw all those things just simultaneously turned on their heads during the pandemic, whether it's regulatory reticence on part of the patient or provider. Um, but we literally saw that turn on its head and tremendous utilization overnight, really. And now that we've crossed that chasm, right, that was the hard part. Now that we've crossed that chasm, it really just opened the door to a lot more conversations and a lot easier conversations around the services, such as remote monitoring, that we already had in place and have been doing for years. And Samantha, it, what's interesting is coinciding with the pandemic, of course, is this incredibly invigorated focus on health equity, right? And maternal health being a prominent area of focus for that. Again, health equity was already a discussion being held by a growing cadre of champions, but it just exploded during the pandemic. This is yet another area where um, at Canary Telehealth, we've been serving in for years, working extensively with underserved populations to increase access and close gaps in care. And so if you're doing that with underserved populations as a natural consequence, you're improving health equity. So that's been a core to our work over time. So these two forces really telehealth adoption and health equity simultaneously surged during the pandemic. And the work Canary Telehealth does sits at the intersection of the two. Um, and of course, maternal health has been at the crux of the discussion around health equity. So even just ideologically, maternal health was a natural extension for us in the current environment. But it makes sense operationally as well, since we already have the capability, the technology, and the organizational competency well-established for that. And I say all of the time that a lot of the work that we've since been talking about since 2020, spring 2020, it was already ongoing. There were already amazing companies innovating on the telehealth side, and there was such amazing work on health equity what the pandemic did was bring it into focus and like the disparities were there and people were trying to address them, but the pandemic just put a flashlight on it and made it impossible to ignore and brought more folks into the fold to sort of move the ball forward. Um, And that is and this, this small silver lining of um, what we've been enduring for the past two years is that challenges within our healthcare system have become impossible to ignore. And now you're seeing the deployment of solutions um, to better address the challenges that um, you and I are, are, have been aware of for quite some time. Correct. And let me ask Samantha that one of the key topics within the health equity has received a heightened attention are the social determinants of health. And with our performing remote monitoring within the underserved communities, we've had to incorporate that all, all along the way. Um, as you know, when it comes to maternal health, there have been a lot of things or findings that have addressed social determinants that are key to success factor for improving outcomes in the space as well. And so that, that's why we're, we're bringing it in, because it's a natural 
function for what we do. Now, Samantha, you mentioned outcomes um, in your question, and um, it's, we know that the studies have indicated some reduction in prenatal emissions, diagnoses of preeclampsia, number of inductions, and neonatal emissions to the NICU. And let's not forget postpartum. Studies have shown that remote, monitor, remote monitoring is more successful than usual care in the management of postpartum hypertension. It really helps detect warning signals that otherwise can, can be missed, unfortunately. Right. And when you're doing remote monitoring versus just sending, you know, a non-monitor device out, there's somebody who's looked like who there's a clinician, a professional who can really sort of look at the trends, who can, um, you know, there's an accountability there, there, you know, like the, and the consistency and sort of say, well, something looks a little off. Let, let's double check this in a way that just doesn't exist if it's not, um, if it's just either the blood pressure cough or, um, you know, uh, you know, somebody monitoring their sugars on their own, like remote patient monitoring brings in another layer of, of support for that patient. Absolutely. Um, there's the education and the feedback right? piece, right? So if you're doing it on your own and there's lots of situations in which that makes sense, right? Not everyone needs a nurse monitoring, but in the cases where it's helpful, um, one of the things we really love about it is you see the patient getting that real-time feedback. So there's in the moment, well, what did you do today? What did you eat? And then they start to realize and learn the cause and effect, right? Um, and they become empowered. They become better able to manage their condition, take better care of their health for themselves, for their, for their um, baby. So um, that's what we really love about that, that process. And I love you said that they're empowered Absolutely. to manage their health, because I think that's what case management and care coordination is always about. It is about supporting the member, empowering the member. So at some point, the need for care management and case management either isn't there or it looks a lot different than it did at the beginning. Um, Because it's successful when our members feel empowered and trust themselves and understand their disease state or, um, you know, their condition um, and can advocate for themselves within the healthcare system without additional support. That's the goal. Absolutely. And and that is something that we have experienced historically throughout our existence, that our members that we have been fortunate enough to serve actually walk away understanding how to to care for themselves better. So it's not as if we're just simply handholding, but we are literally teaching them, taking them from maybe, in some cases, preschool up through um, 12th grade. And then next thing you know, they're flying on their own and they understand it and can have a very intelligent conversation with their healthcare provider. And that's one of the best things that we can hear when one of the nurses or one of the other people in the company tell us says that, hey, they say they're meeting with their doctor and now they feel like they're able to really have a conversation versus just going there, hearing some quote unquote gobbledygook. And then they go back and not kind of know what has happened and go back to their normal routine. And I'm so glad you said that, Dr. Robinson, because I think that has also been a disconnect between clinicians and their patients um, for quite some time is this idea like, oh, they're, you know, not, they're not adherent, and, you know, to whatever it is that they've prescribed or, or that they, you know, the plan of care, but sometimes it's just the patient doesn't appreciate like what the doctor is saying, like doesn't understand their disease enough, doesn't understand, um, 
you know, the best, you know, lifestyle changes and other things, or that there are barriers to achieve those lifestyle changes. You know, they're in a food desert. So it's not that they don't want to eat more fruits and vegetables. It's that they, they don't know how to, they don't, you know, like there's such a barrier there. And that's where case management addressing social determinants of health is critical, but then also that regular patient education you guys are providing through remote patient monitoring brings that, that patient, that member sort of up to speed and sort of breaks everything down into digestible pieces that, that they need. And I think it's so much more critical when we talk about the maternal health space, because oftentimes there just wasn't an appreciation that this was going to be coming, right? Like uh, a gestational diabetes diagnosis, um, you know, preeclampsia, all of a sudden you take a, a young, relatively healthy person and they are now having to treat basically chronic diseases overnight. Right. And during already incredibly stressful times, um, I'm a mom of two. I've got a little six month old. I know this time period (laughs) quite well. It's so stressful and they're not prepared. I mean, like there's no easing into it. Like you might, you know, like, oh, like you start with, you know, like, it's not like a disease progression. It's like, you now have this chronic disease. It it is going to potentially impact your baby and you in, in significant ways. And you, you don't have time for a learning curve. You've got to like, you know, figure it out right away. And that's just so hard for people. I mean, that's just so hard period. And so yeah. I'm just wonderfully grateful that there are organizations out there like Canary that have really decided to step into this sort of non-traditional space and lead in such a meaningful way. Yeah, because there's two things in what you said. One is having to all of a sudden absorb all this information, know what to do and learn it. And so to have someone walking along that path with you is incredibly helpful. And sometimes in your visit, um, you can get the what, what you need to do, but and forgetting motivation to stick with it and to do it having that why, like it's really helpful. And, and they might've received that in the visit, right? I mean, our providers are working really hard um, to, to share what they can. Um, there's only so much time you're going to have in that visit, right? And so on a day-to-day when you're trying to digest and remember, what did they say? And you need something that keep, continues to give you that motivation. And so that's where when you have someone that can interact with you more regularly, then you can get to some of that why, right? Which creates that motivation for the behavior change and what have you. So the, to this, that's the first thing you said, right? It's just knowing you know, what and why to do it. But then the other piece is the anxiety around like you've inherited this new condition, right? And so that is a distinction um, and, and just anxiety around that and being able to reduce that anxiety some because it takes away some of the uncertainty to have someone who's coaching you in that process. And I've heard some folks describe it, and it seems a bit ex- extreme, but they, some folks have said when they are given a chronic condition, they kind of go through the five phases of death um, because, you know, you got the mourning period and all these other pieces. But if you're pregnant, you don't really have that latitude because each moment really does impact your child. And so to have someone who can help you get through that process quicker is a big game changer. And it can feel so high stakes. Right. And the alternative like to the remote patient monitoring is increased monitoring 
in the at the doctor's office or um, at an antenatal resource center that can feel like another full-time job and that can be really hard especially um like so for in, for in my case with Truman I I moved into sort of moderate risk um later just for various reasons and so I had so much monitoring I was going for ultrasounds and monitoring several times a week but I am so grateful I have a flexible job I was able to move meetings around I don't work hourly I was, I'm incredibly privileged in that regard. If, uh, if you are working an hour, you know, and paid hourly and, you know, have limited PTO and you're trying to save it all up for your leave. Right. It gets really tricky. I mean, like, I mean, there were times I had like four doctor's appointments a week. I don't know how somebody else, you know, could have done that without, employment flexibility. I had my own car. I didn't have to worry about the train or the bus or, you know, all of that. And that's where telehealth and remote monitoring can really step in, reduce anxiety, but also, you know, remove barriers and offer significant support to, to pregnant people. That's right. And, and removing those barriers are huge, right? Just in getting the compliance with the prenatal visits. Back to what you were saying before, sometimes there's a conversation about they're not compliant, they're not adherent or what have you. Um, and, and there's a ton of these barriers that it, just moving the needle some, right, really, really matters. Um, and so if we can make one more visit, two more visits possible for somebody. It's huge. And it is, it's significant. And what you guys, I think are, are describing is you help the member troubleshoot, you know, what's the bear, this is the, the, what, the why, and then what are the barriers and, and what can we do to help? And, and sometimes it is just those telehealth visits or the remote patient monitoring, explaining the why maybe, you know, a member doesn't like that type of food that the doctor said to eat, you know, or like, and you're like, oh, well, you could, you know, here's an alternative that is the same, but it was just the one example the doctor gave, right? Like it wasn't meant to be, um, you have to eat broccoli, broccoli or asparagus or, you know, like plenty <laughs> of other, you know, varieties there um, where that one-on-one interaction just allows for that patient education in a way that can't happen in person, in the tight visits, um, you know, t- scheduling wise that exist always. Right. And if we flip over to wearing the provider hat, I mean, some of the excitement around this, obviously we always had the patient in mind and, and our health plan um, partners and their objectives. We flip over to the providers and as we talk to more of them, they know patients, they can see patients, they have patients in mind who they know they would like to see more often. And they understand that these are some of the reasons that they're not seeing that patient in their office. Um, But they've been limited to provide the telehealth visits that they're colleagues could provide because of the need for some of that data. Uh, And so that's what really gave us the impetus to bring those two together. Right. It really is giving the confidence to the practitioner, to the provider, that they're going to have all the information they really need to provide the care for that patient. And to make sure that it's, it's not like that. It's not a poor replacement, right? Like we don't want to exacerbate the equity gap or the disparities. Mm -hmm. We want this solution to really stand up and be just as good or better as that in-person visit. And that's what you guys here at Canary are able to do, which is amazing. I know we are sort of wrapping up for time, but I want to make sure that we have a moment for you guys to talk about, you're always moving the ball forward. You know, what's on the horizon for you? Or are you 
uh, you know, finally going to take a moment and breathe and rest. No rest for the weary. Um, but so <laughs> what we're doing is growing our core RPM service. We continue to work with payers for this. And now that the reimbursement scenarios have shifted for providers, we have been seeing more opportunity on that front as well. Beyond remote monitoring, we are continuing to strengthen our longstanding work in diabetes care, both in terms of diabetic eye exams and moving upstream into diabetes prevention. That is amazing. And really, I love, so first of all, obviously, diabetic um, eye exams, so hard. Um, again, the, the scheduling, the referrals, the timing, I mean, that's always been a challenge. Mm-hmm. But from a societal point of view, that diabetes prevention is just critical because we can't just keep treating the symptoms. We've got to really start that discussion of how do we prevent and, you know, what isn't fully understood about diabetes um, is that you can prevent it. You know, like there's pre-diabetes, you can implement lifestyle changes and prevent that, you know, full scale diabetes diagnosis. Right. Because most times when a person is told they're pre-diabetic, they're pre-hypertension, they just says, okay, it's coming. And they just continue doing what they're doing versus saying, okay, what about if I pretend I have it now and I make the change, then I'll do one of two things. Typically I'll remain in that pre-diabetic state for a longer period of time, or maybe I might actually move to the other side where I get better. But again, because the doctor appointments are not conducive to holding that conversation multiple times if needed, uh, it gets lost somewhere. And what happens is that the person just goes with the natural flow where they were headed. They, but in order to change it, there has to be a momentum s- swing and it has to swing the opposite way that a person becomes very aware of what they're doing, what they're eating. You know, like say, for instance, one slice of bread has approximately 125 milligrams of sodium. Who knows that kind of crazy stuff unless you start to look at it and start to pay attention. And that's what we hope to be able to do. Oh, I'm so excited to see what you're able to do in that space because it's so critical. And I think it really aligns um, with not only what you guys are strong at, but what we need. And that's I love. um I love when organizations do that because I think that's when you see big change. Well, Dr. Robinson and Carla, this has been just such an amazing conversation as always. And I just can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing in the maternal health space and health equity. What I know you guys will do around pre-diabetes and diabetes prevention. Thank you for joining me today on Sam Says. And I know that we will definitely be checking back in to see what you guys have been able to do um, around diabetes as well. Thank awesome. you for As always, us. it's a pleasure joining you. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, to learn more about what I'm Hip is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.net. You can also find information out about becoming a trusted partner like Canary Telehealth on our website. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam Says. Thanks for joining us and until next time, be well and stay safe.